So it's just like, okay, like I understand your frustration. Like I feel your pain. Like it's hard for me too. Like I've seen what you've seen. I've been through what you've been through, but at the same time, like I'm doing this job to make a difference. Like, how are you not understanding that? We're going to go out on the field. We're going to score as many goals as we can. We're going to have fun. Oh, Becky, oh, well placed. Hillary King has been busy. How are you enjoying your day? Days off, plural? Or uh, yeah, so far I think I get my regular days off, but I guess there's going to be some protests this weekend. But when you work regular, you don't have to go to them unless it gets bad. Hillary's job has been particularly hectic right now. Why? No, come on, I'm not just going to jump in at this point in the story, but we'll get there. We'll rewind. Much better back to uh the socal days because i know you're now in norcal yeah let's do that sounds good (laughs) taking it back to a time when hillary's schedule was a different kind of busy the growing up as an athlete kid kind of busy i mean from day one my dad was glued to the television watching lakers dodgers kings like we watched a lot of movies too but in between it was sports and i started track when i was five and then it was nonstop since then. It was track. If I wasn't playing, if I wasn't running track, I was playing basketball. So it was one or the other. There was no break times. If I was traveling, it was probably because there's a tournament or there's a track. We, we didn't really take vacations growing up. If we did, they were <laughs> vacations. It was, <laughs> hey, you can't go out. Like, you need to stay inside and get ready for your meet tomorrow. And then, of course, you know, my brother, he played football. So it was like... If one of us wasn't doing something, the other one was. So it's like my parents split their time. It's like my mom would come to my basketball games. My dad would go to Corey's football games. Like there was no like time for no sports. So it's like it's interesting. Like growing up now, I have a lot of friends who are like, what? Like, why are you watching that? And I'm like, why are you not watching that? (laughs) Like, how did you not watch sports growing up? But everyone's different. So I just think it's so interesting. But I think track for me became more like popular I think I started to like it more than basketball because it was kind of like individual and you kind of, I mean, it's a team sport, but at the same time, like long jump, you're literally by yourself. Like it's all on you. And then basketball is like a team sport. So it's like a little bit harder to like, like one person's going to score, but how did that person get the ball? Like it's very, a little more complex. And like in high school, I just started to realize which one I was better at and which one the coaches started to like see me more in, which was track. So I think that's why I leaned towards it. Towards the end of her junior year, Hillary went to a track meet in North Carolina, and her high school coaches made her aware of the fact that colleges were taking notice. That's when I kind of was like, all right, well, if they're saying it, then it must mean something, because it's like, nobody was saying that to me during basketball season. So I was like, I really just need to focus. Like, I can play basketball, but I got to be kind of careful. Like, can't really get super injured. Um, obviously like work hard, but like track is going to be end game. So I really like that summer was like track, 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 eh, basketball, track, track, track. Mm-hmm. So that's when I kind of was really dedicated to it. She ended up committing to run or I guess long jump at San Francisco state. It was a school that occupied a sweet spot and that it was far enough, but not too far from home. But for her first couple years at SF state, 
Hillary wasn't all rah-rah, I'm a college athlete, this is what my experience on campus is going to be all about. Um, so freshman and sophomore year were kind of just like a, like I was just going through the motions, like school was going really well, because Harvard-Westlake was hard for me, like I don't know about you, but I was not chilling in chemistry, like I was like, Mm -hmm. oh my god, Mm -hmm. like this is not it. (laughs) Every class until senior year, I was like, oh god I can't do this so college like classes were really fun for me because I was like excelling like I knew how to study like I knew how to do certain things because of Harvard Westlake so as a college athlete freshman sophomore I didn't do well like athletically wasn't really making a difference kind of just like on the team to be on the team um junior year uh we got some like new coaches and like new freshmen who were kind of like still young and excited so that made me like okay you know what like let's kind of take this seriously like let's see where I can go like I know I can jump farther than what I've been doing so junior year was like my best year that's when we went to nationals that's the year I became an all-american so like you know like social media was like blowing up like Hillary King like did this like did this like her GPA like whatever the like awards were that year so everyone knew me going into senior year most people and then I was kind of like not really elected team captain but I was the team captain junior year and then senior year was like they all voted was like why are we voting it should be Hillary so then I was like okay well like this is my team we got a new coach we didn't ask for so I was like I like took them all a lot and then a lot of the younger girls a lot of the freshmen in my senior year like I I uh did their like recruiting trip so like they stayed with me so they all knew me so at that point it's like okay well that's the girl like we stayed with like she's in charge so it's kind of like okay like if I'm in charge and you guys know I'm in charge like that's how I took it so I kind of like it was my team like we're gonna do this we're gonna wear this I don't like that like I kind of was making the decision so that's how I kind of just carried it through like and then college like eventually teachers started to see my name They're like oh Hillary like you know so then like and the SF State's very uh it's not a big school it's like more of a commuter school so like they don't care about sports they don't have a football team but like I cared people whoever was playing sports cared about their sports mm-hmm. so it was fun mm-hmm. so it was hill it was queen hillary hillary queen yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes it is always <laughs> so it's kind of interesting so you it kind of seems like the athlete status the athlete experience became more relevant or more yeah salient in the latter half i guess of the four years heading into the back end this, your senior year what were your feelings in seeing that hanging up the spikes was, was coming down the line? Uh, and then when that eventually happened, were you ready to move on? Did you feel nostalgic? You wanted to stay, take that fifth year? Or how are you feeling? Yeah, they so they kind of talked to me about taking a fifth year to do, because there's like indoor track and there's outdoor track mm-hmm. to do indoor track. And I was kind of like, uh, I was tired, you know, like it was a long time senior year I like won athlete of the female athlete of the year so I was kind of it kind of just was like it, it was like my time to go is how I looked at it like I already won the biggest award you can win at this school like I set a record like I did what I came to do I was team captain like I graduated college you know like it, it was just like huge to me but at the same time I knew I was tired at like putting in so much work Hillary ended her track career on a high. Her body and mind had signaled it was time to move on. However, living 10 minutes from San Francisco State when she graduated didn't exactly make her goodbye a clean-cut one. 
it was hard giving them advice and then like I would want to hang out with them and they're like we have practice and I'm like oh I don't like it was just kind of like I would get really sad because <laughs> I didn't want to move back home so it's like I literally was seeing them or the coach would be like oh come help with like long jump and I'm like ugh, like no I get sad like I don't want to do it but it was it was hard but it was good like knowing that I left like a I, I think the other girls seeing me do so well kind of inspired them to do well because they were like, you know, she could do it. We could do it. Like, we got to keep this momentum running. And eventually they won, like, their conference. We didn't win conference because we were horrible, but, like, when I was running. But, like, two, three years later, they won conference. So I'm just like, see, I think I got the ball rolling there. Yeah, you left your mark. A source of support for her teammates, a student athlete whose example on and off the track helped push forward a program. What more could you hope for in closing a chapter? Then came the beginning of her next in post-athlete life. You're a police officer in San Francisco. Yes. Uh, did you always have an interest in uh, becoming a police officer? What was your journey into this position? Um, I didn't really have a job like in mind growing up. Um you know, high school, I see everyone wants to be a politician or an actress, or we see like everyone starting their own tech company or someone created something. And you're just like, Oh, wow. Not surprising because of the school we went to. So like where I was from, I definitely liked like the criminal justice classes I was taking. So I was like, I'll just do that and see where it goes. Cause I was super into like criminal minds and all those like serial killer shows. <laughs> so I was like, let me see that. So then I, uh, I did not always want to be a police officer. Like, it wasn't really, like, a thing. I didn't really think about it. But I interned my senior year. I had to do an internship, and I did it at the juvenile probation office. Mm. And that was pretty sad because it was, like, almost too late. Those kids were already in juvenile hall. Like, we would go interview them. It's not their first time. It's not their last time. Like, the actual probation officers already knew the kids. Sometimes I would call the parents, and they, like, were barely waking up it'd be like 2 p.m and they're like oh whatever who's in jail okay bye i'll talk to them later it's really sad mm -hmm. so it was just like i felt like juvenile probation wasn't it was almost like a reactive like mm -hmm. step and i like really like working with kids so i was like maybe if i do something proactive where i'm like out there and they see me like i like i get along with kids really well maybe they won't go steal from walgreens maybe they won't rob that person with the cell phone maybe they won't you know think about doing bad stuff on the bus or anything like that at school so I was like let me just and there were some police officers that I don't remember and I haven't met yet that that would come by and check on the kids so I thought I was like oh well there's good ones like look at them following up like that's pretty cool like not everyone's gonna follow up on these kids so I was like let me just do that and I got a lot of recommendations from my teachers and like other people so I was like okay well if they said I could do it then I'll probably just try it just trying it turned into a job as a police officer Hillary has now had for four and a half years. Coming into this field, she has brought a few skills from her athlete days that no doubt have given her a bit of an edge. So like part of being a, like training and like in, as on the field, like in the streets, you gotta like, there's like a crazy scene, like let's say someone just got robbed, right? And they're, you know, someone just took my phone, someone just took my phone. And then you just like, you can't just like stand there and be like, okay. You got to, like, calm them down. You have to be, like, you got to delegate, like, hey, can you go look for cameras? Hey, can you go look for a suspect? Like, you got to delegate your time. So, like, controlling a scene is, like, huge. So it's, like, I think I did that well with, like, the team, like, the younger girls kind of, like, coming in late because they drank too much the night before. Like, hey, 
you know what? You can party, but you can also like, you gotta, if you want to be on this team, you gotta know your balance. There's nothing wrong with going out, but you gotta wake up at eight. So it's like, I think controlling the team and like controlling the scene is like the same thing. Same with like teamwork. Like in the academy, we're all, if one person gets in trouble, we're all in trouble. Mm -hmm. So it's like, same with track. Like, Hey, like, like I said, she, if she's late, we're all late. Like we're all going to get in trouble. We're all going to run more. So it's like, Hey, if he's late, like, (laughs) We all are going to have to do push-ups, and I hate push-ups, and those are the worst thing to do in the academy. So it's like, maybe that person needs a ride to school. Maybe that person needs to stay at someone's house and not sit in traffic and be late to the academy. So it's like coming up with ideas and, like, working together and, like, helping people study in the academy is kind of what I did, like, on the team. So I think certain certain things like that help me. And, I mean, I know we have the uh, imagery of cops and donuts, but I'd have to think that maybe your your physical fitness is also uh Oh, that was pretty – yeah, that was pretty good. I'm pretty fast. I think a lot of the <laughs> officers, like, who were at the academy who were, like, training us, like, were like, what? what did you do before this? And I was like, oh, I ran track. They're like, oh, that makes sense because I was catching people pretty fast. <laughs> so they're like, oh, what? King, like, yeah. they call you by your last day. It's like, King, what are you doing? He's like, why are you so fast? And I was like, yeah. Oh, yeah, I did that. Because they don't really ask. They don't really care until they, like, see something. Former athlete is one branch of Hillary King's identity. So is police officer and black woman. Though she lives in one of the most diverse areas in the country, Like a lot of the police departments in the respective places they're situated in, the police department she works in doesn't exactly reflect the diverse population it's meant to serve and protect. I think we're a little bit more diverse than the average police department, but I think it's still still very male-dominated. It's still very, Mm -hmm. like, white male-dominated, which is, I mean, I get it. Mm -hmm been a long time you know i don't think women could be police officers in san francisco till like 1975 maybe so it hasn't been that long what 40 45 years ago like it has not been that long so um it's just been it's i see girls like so when i like when i think about the locker room i see like maybe three hispanic girls two black girls including myself and then the rest are, like, white girls, right? So I'm like, okay, like, that's, I mean, that's better than nothing, but, like, at the same time, that's, what, eight of us? Yeah. Like, and though that's not even on the same shift. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's just me and one other girl. Sometimes it's just me with ten other guys, and it's like, oh, can you t- come talk to this girl? Oh, can you come search this girl? And I'm like, okay, but, like, you guys, clearly you need more females on the street if you're, like, dealing with females on the street. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's just, like, it's and it's hard to, like, tell other girls like hey you could do this it's it's hard the academy is hard but it's like it's it's also rewarding at the same time so it's just it's just the recruiting part people are just like no nah, i can't do that like like yes you can and make no mistake this police officer really enjoys a lot of aspects of her job obviously like i'm, a, I'm an essential worker like mm. health benefits like it's pension like i'm You're i set i yeah like i'm set i've been set since i was 22 mm-hmm. so like I mean, it's hard for me to be like, yeah, it sucks. Like, it doesn't suck. It has its ups and downs, but at the end of the day, like, I'm happy I'm doing what I'm doing. Oh, also, I just love my job because my coworkers are very, like, I've met some really, really great people, some really, really helpful people, some really, really, like, supportive and smart people. Like, I, like, you wouldn't think, like, oh, you're a police officer? Like, what? Like, because they're just so nice. And it's like, what you and everybody else sees in the media is not what I see. 
So it's just like, okay, like you see that, but guess like I know that person's wife, I know that person's kids, like that's a great person. It's just like you see a uniform and you're just like automatically like, nope, like I'm not, like you're done. So it's just stuff like that, just knowing like there's really good people in the world who's doing a really good job, including myself. I guess you just some people just really appreciate us. And it and it's, it's interesting to me how like during these times how many people like scream F the police, but then it's like it's the same amount of people telling me like well, thank you so much for your service. Like, thank you guys so much for coming in. Like, every time we go into certain coffee shops or restaurants, oh, come in, come in, thank you, thank you. Like, just a lot of thank yous. So it's just, it, it, it's rewarding. Mm-hmm. During these times, yes, during these times. <laughs> so you're a black police officer, and during these protests revolving around police brutality and its intersection with systemic racism, racism, With these protests, we've seen the Black Lives Matter movement grow and already influence change in an unprecedented way here and abroad. What's the experience been like for you on the front lines in your job as a black woman? Um, I mean, it's it was hard, like watching the video. I was like, oh, my God, I knew this was going to happen. I knew everyone was going to be mad. The protest that I went to, I've only been to like a couple. And the one that was bad was the first one. And uh, that weekend like the weekend after it was going all over the nation, San Francisco got pretty bad. And it was hard, like hearing black people come up to me, like, take you off your uniform, like, take it off, like, take mm-hmm. a knee, like, come on, like, you're on the wrong side, like, you're a disgrace, blah, blah, blah. And like, obviously, you can't, like, get to you, like, you know, like, at the end of the day, like, it's just words, but it was just hard seeing, like, I don't want, it's like, you don't want people thinking anything negative of you, but I also don't know who those people are. So I'm like, like, I'm never going to see them again. So it's just like, okay, like I understand your frustration. Like I feel your pain. Like it's hard for me too. like, I've seen what you've seen. I've been through what you've been through, but at the same time, like I'm doing this job to make a difference. Like, how are you not understanding that? Like, that's what I just, I just don't get it. So it's just, it's like, tough sometimes I think about it and I'm just like you know what like I can't really think about it too much and also I was getting paid overtime at those protests so it's like you're yelling at me and you're here for free like it's like you can't get mad at me like I'm doing a job like you're you're saying black lives matter and like f the police but you're protesting making police work Mm -hmm. so like it's you got to think about it that way too so it's just like people are just seeing like uniform and they're screaming f police f police but it's like it's so funny to me because also it's like people who scream f the police are the same ones calling the police so you gotta like you gotta like pick your and pick your pick and choose your battles it's like there's so many like loops and nicks and everyone's like trying to be like woke or whatever but at the same time like okay well what are you doing are you just posting on instagram or are you like actually making a difference and at that point i'm like i think i'm actually making a difference Going into being a police officer, what do you feel like your knowledge was around, yeah, maybe just the history of police involvement with communities of color and how, you know, communities of color are disproportionately affected by police brutality, anything related to that? What was your, yeah, how top of mind was that for you in going into Um, this career? It wasn't, it wasn't like, highly talked about it's not like we were in the academy like oh by the way you know we don't really talk to these communities of colors but it was kind of just like it was kind of like a known thing like I knew it but like it's I I also had a very sheltered like life growing up so I can't say like oh yeah the police were that's just my experience so I, I haven't had a bad experience with the police officers so I can't say like 
oh yeah, they don't do anything. Well, I can't, I can't relate to that. Cause when I'm in it, like I do stuff, I know what I'm doing at work. Like, so it's just like, and there are, there are a lot of like, like roles in our department. We have a big department. We have 2000, over 2000 officers. So like we have room to like have community, community relation officers have like school resource officers have like people who just stick to like the projects or the housing and they just like get to know the people there. Like there are officers there. So it's like, there are like changes being made and there are like people trying, but like, it's not in the media. So you don't see it. So you don't think it's happening, Mm -hmm. but like, I know it's happening. So it's just like, that's just San Francisco though. I don't know what Oakland's doing. I don't know what San Jose is doing. I don't know what Alameda County is doing. You know, like, I don't know what LA is doing. I mean, I live there, but I don't know. So it's like, and LA has 10,000 officers. So it's like, it's hard. People just don't understand how hard it is. Every city's different. So it's like every, police department is going to respond differently but i i know like where i work there are being changes made and people are trying like to do more in the community Mm -hmm. and within your team your unit the the officers that you're interacting with every day do you feel like there's a new kind of i guess self-awareness or awareness from them about you being a black police officer in you know that they work with like do you feel like they've kind of come to you with questions or do you feel like anything sort of changed it, it not necessarily in a good or bad way but just kind of opening that line of communication in a different way between you and your fellow police officers that are white guys or <laughs> uh I think some I think some are very curious but they haven't really like talked to me about it there's also an age difference like some people are 40s being a police officer and I'm in my like late 20s like you obviously have your group of friends at work so it's like the ones that I'm closest to have definitely asked like how are you doing like are you okay like like it's hard for all of us for one point at one point a lot of us worked like two weeks straight no days Mm -hmm. off like several protests several waiting around for protests nothing and then actual work like on patrol so it's like in that like in that aspect like people are asking if I was like tired like yeah I'm tired but at the same time I had a few people come up to me and be like, hey, like, are you okay? Like, because like, they were standing next to me, on, like, on the line in front of City Hall, for example, and they were right next to me when people were screaming, like, take it off, like, you're a disgrace. And it's just like, they hear it. So they're just like, you know, are you okay? Especially that night was like, a lot of people were checking me. So I think it's definitely self-awareness. I think it's still an uncomfortable conversation um, for people who aren't of color to have. But I think it's, I think people are definitely more aware now. Mm -hmm. And kind of, as you mentioned, change is already being implemented, major changes potentially um, that people in high up places are talking about, including calls for defunding the police and even abolishing police. What surfaces for you when you hear calls like that? I mean, I mean, I see what they're trying to do and I'm like reading into it and it's not like completely get rid of the police department because there is going to be crime no matter what you do. Like no matter where you live, I think there's always going to be people who just commit crime and it is what it is. But I agree. Like, I think I shouldn't be responding to a mental health crisis because I'm not trained in that. Like, I don't know how to, I don't know how to talk to someone who's like bipolar off their medication. They didn't teach us that, but you, but it's like people call me like, there's guy, there's a guy screaming on the sidewalk. Okay. Um, I don't know. <laughs> like what, honestly, like, what would you want me to do about that? Why are you calling? That's like 
eighty percent of the kind of calls we go to, and then and then if something bad happens, well, why we? I don't know. Like, so it's just like if we had more training in that, that that would help. But like, you want to defund the police, so then we're not going to get that training. So then have other people come and do that. That's fine. But like, if it gets violent, which it might, like, then what? Are you going to wait till someone gets violent, or should like the police be on standby? Like. It's just, it's not happening anytime. So that's what I'm saying. Like, defund the police isn't going to happen tomorrow. Like, it's going to happen in, what, a couple years? And by then, are people going to forget about it? Just, like, all things on the internet? Like, oh, I forgot that even happened. Like, I don't know. It's just, like, it's just so many, like, so many obstacles that I think aren't being talked about in the media. I think they're just being talked about amongst politicians and the governors themselves which is fine, but I think, like, it's just, like, not really, like, laid out in a, like, clear plan yet. Your brother has definitely been one of, uh, you know, the most vocal people in my social media circles when it comes to, yeah, just posting things, trying to inform the public. Have you guys had any conversations about what's been happening, coming, Um, coming from where he's at? Yeah, so, like, I understand, like, the fear that like black men have with the police i get it like i get i get the history i see what's going on now like i understand it but i also think Corey Corey is very woke but at the same time Corey like loves me and knows who i am so it's like he's not when he thinks of like police officers and all the negativity around it he's seeing like me and like what i've been stressed about mm-hmm. and it's like what I see and what I go through and I tell him situations and he's just like, Oh yeah, I don't know what I would do in that situation. It's like, yeah, exactly. You don't know. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you don't know. Cause you're not in that experience. You're not in that training. You're not on the street dealing with the same person, like every single day or the same person or like the same situation, the same couple fighting, the same, like same guy on the corner screaming, same guy in Walgreens stealing. Like you don't understand. So it's like, He's, and then I try to I try to give him examples. I try to tell him, like, what would he do? And I'm trying to put him in my shoes, and he, like, can't answer. Or he, like, he doesn't know. And I'm just like, exactly. So it's just like, we are having this conversation. That's two people against millions of people who hate the police. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I think Corey's very, like, I think he's very conscious of me, like, and what I do and how I'm feeling. And he always checks on me, and, like, I check on him. And we're very, like, we're very, like, at this, we're on the same page about it, like, how he feels and how I feel and, like... I think if anything, they were more him and my parents were more like scared right. than anything. Like, are you home? Can you text me when you're mm-hmm. home? Especially like that a whole week was like, like, he told me my parents were downstairs watching the news like 24 seven. I was like, they got to change the channel. Like, that's not good. Mm-hmm. You know, like at the end of the day, like they just want me to get home safe yeah. with no injuries. Yeah. Oh, now that's uh, nerve wracking as a parent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. What else do I have for you? (laughs) I know I really only scratched the surface in my interview with Hillary, this one police officer. What we've talked about, and even more what we didn't talk about here, are topics that demand ongoing conversation. And I do not want to minimize the weight of this heavy stuff. Though it's important to recognize that other stuff exists with it. This episode began with Hillary talking about before she was a police officer. Though it was a sped through, shrunken down version, Hillary took us a bit through her life from five-year-old young athlete self to where she is today in June, 2020. 
In that telling, we got a synopsis of a couple different parts of her. Came to know her journey to getting where she is via a different entry point. And in that way, in this sense of fullness, I hope we can hold multiple nuanced understandings of identity and an individual's, quote, why for doing something at once in listening to her story. Hillary is black and a police officer. She holds both simultaneously. Black police officers exist and beyond just existing, those like Hillary like their job, what it provides, and want to help make the way of things different in the role they have. In knowing that, are you going to tell her she has to be one or the other? In what way can we extend our empathy, broaden our view, to allow for both? I'll close the show like this. In the spirit of dualism, here's the heavy with the light. On this conversation on one of Hillary's days off, I thought we'd also talk about something that seems to be a decompressing, fun outlet for her. Something that she tries to make time for whenever she gets one of these precious days. All right, so we'll end with this. You're a retired athlete. As we've talked about, your little brother, Corey, is a retired athlete, a former college football player. We'll have to get him on the podcast at another time. Um, (laughs) You guys have a podcast. Can we you do. tell us about it? How did that come to uh, fruition? And what is it? What's your podcast about? Uh, I'm sure you've had several meaningless conversations with my brother, <laughs> where he probably quoted a movie. Um, and I do that too constantly. My friends are like, "What are you talking about?" So it's like Corey and I, growing up, the some the days we rarely didn't have practice or football games or track meets or basketball games or practice, uh, we were just at home. You know, we have two working parents, so we were just at home alone, like. TV on from morning till they got home. Like, and it's like, if we saw a movie that we liked, it's like, we weren't like, Oh, we already saw that yesterday. Like we'd watch it again and again and again. And, uh, we were just at this point, we were just quoting the movies and then it's like our parents liked the movies. So we were quoting it. So our whole family just quotes like movies constantly. And then it was Corey's idea, like about a couple months ago to be like, let's just start a pod. He loves podcasts. <laughs> so he was like, let's just start a podcast where we, you know, talk about movies that we like and like all the quotes and then make a huge list. I'm like, yeah, okay. So basically we just talk about the movies we watched and then we like make quotes and we just like tell you guys or like how we've used it in our lives or sentences. And a lot of people think it's really crazy because now people are starting to understand like, oh, that's why you say it like that. I'm like, yeah, it's from this movie. So that's pretty much what our podcast is about. That's fun. And what's it called? So uh, any listeners can find it. What's that from? (laughs) Thank you to Hillary for coming on to the show. Be sure to check out her and Corey's own podcast, What's That From? And as always, thank you for listening. Hope to see you next time.